got what you want, I know what you want. I got what you need, I know what you need. I got what you like, I know what you like. I got what you love, I am your plug. That's right, back again. It's another episode of the Hoop Plug. Yes, sir. And as always, rocking with you on this fine Monday afternoon. Y'all be getting this on a Tuesday. It's your boy Frost in the building. And I got with me, as always, my brother, my partner in crime, the co-founder of the Hoop Plug, Tyler Murray. Yo, yo, how we doing? What's up, my brother? How you feeling today, Ty? I'm feeling good, man. Game one in the books. Every series has taken place so far. So that means me and Faraz are here to tell y'all what's good. Without further ado, you know what I'm saying? Uh, no better way than to get into it. It's playoff basketball season. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of great games, a lot of close matchups. Some matchups not so close, you know? We're going to start at a place near and dear to my heart. A place I might call my second home. Well, I guess third home besides Jersey, mm -hmm. you know? But with that being said, the city of Chicago, the Windy City, right? And, you know, they're facing off the Milwaukee Bucks, current champs, you know what I'm saying? Great season last year, coming off a great season this year, you know what I mean? The Bulls kind of were at a downtrend for the back end of the season, bro. So a lot, a lot of expectations were lowered coming into the playoffs. Some people, I even heard sweeps. I even heard sweeps, you know what I mean? But this Chicago Bulls team, you know, even with a lackluster performance from the Stars, were able to hold it together without by not getting embarrassed. <laughs> Yo, and Faraz has continued the trend. Moral victories making it into the 63rd episode of the Who Plug. <laughs> Faraz, that's how you coming, bro. Nah, man, nah, man. I just have to say, so first off, right, let's, let's be realistic. When it comes to playoff basketball, you almost always expect the home team to take the home games, at least in the first four games. You know what I mean? So at this point, right, we're not doing anything wrong. We've minimized the damage. We're trying to, you know, stop the momentum. I'm actually... I'd actually argue we're in a better position than most people would expect, right? So my tone has changed from a few episodes ago where I said, no matter who we play, we've beaten them, right? But not so much, just a little more realistic, right? So we had our star guys, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan. Straight up, bro, they just weren't good enough, man. They didn't perform to the level we expected them. 18 points from each of them. We're talking about 52 shots to get 36 points this Absolutely okay. abysmal, man. Not, not, yeah. not just not great. Horrible. You know what I'm saying? I gotta be as critical as I am. Uh, what's the word? When you know when I big them up. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I gave you a hard time, but I gotta agree with y'all. Y'all, y'all played well. Chicago played well in this one. They lost obviously the first game, 93 to 86. Uh, not a lot of offense going on there. Okay, either yeah, team yeah. shot well from deep, like you said, the all-star guards for the Bulls not really coming to play. Um, but the Bulls played well. Like you see how good Caruso looked. He had a he had a stretch there where he was just making plays. Yo, he he didn't score a lot, um, but he did get involved. And just imagine, just let your mind think for a second, how good it would look to have Lonzo in that role, playing the bulk of those minutes, and then you still get Caruso off the bench. That's what this team was supposed to look like. And yeah. who knows if you got Lonzo for and Caruso for forty eight minutes at the one spot, it might end up differently. But that's not what happened. So, um, <laughs> look, Brooke Lopez, 
amazing underrated man he just came back and he's been so important underratedly important for this milwaukee team Giannis was great we, we know he's gonna be drew kind of struggled i'd look for that to not continue but yeah brooke lopez like he he gives them a second dimension because you know what Giannis is he's just a full out attack on the rim and brooke lopez is kind of the same height a lot bigger thicker in the butt but <laughs> nah Wait. Pause. <laughs> Super pause. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Altogether. <laughs> but uh, what was I even trying to say there? Brooke Lopez gives a different look. <laughs> you yeah, know, I'm he, not going to lie. Op- Go ahead. Go this ahead. is going to sound sus, right? But when you just, the, what just happened just now is making me think. Super pause, right? But you've seen that um, video, the meme on ESPN. Where it's like somebody threw a baseball and it hit the dude in the butt. <laughs> and that shit. Yeah, bro. That was kind of one of those kind of moments. I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> it was going on. Yeah. But, uh, but nah, what I'm trying to say is like Brooke Lopez, we forget how good he, he is and was. Like this was an all-star for getting buckets. Uh, he was yeah. averaging 20, 25, I think, on Brooklyn. If it wasn't for the injuries, he would be one of the best centers in this league. Or at least peak at that point so um yeah i think he's just a big part of what milwaukee's does yeah man you you said it the thing is brooke lopez's impact is so slept on you know like you mentioned he's a seven footer can spread the floor he's still going to give you that rebounding that post presence right um but just an experienced vet a guy who's done it before a guy who he can fill whatever role you need him in an off night we're both you know basically not every none of their players had a great game aside from Giannis, and i mean by Giannis's standards this is not a great game. This is basically just an average game, you know, which is crazy to think, right? 27 <laughs> and 16 is average for a player. But On 50% that, shooting, yeah. You know, but I mean, he played well. There's no doubt about it. But my point to say that is Chris Middleton was lacking. Drew Holiday struggled, as you mentioned before. It wasn't a great game from both teams. It looked like we were in 2010, 2011. You know what I'm saying? With the defensive matchup between the Bulls and whoever else they were playing in those days. You know what I'm saying? So um, definitely not a lot of scoring. But with that being said, man, I got to give a couple shouts out, too. So you shouted out Brooke Lopez on the Bucks. I got to give a big shout out to my boy Vooch. You know what I'm saying? Held the fort down. Monster game. 24 monster, monster double-double, bro. You know what I mean? And at the end of the day, right, that's the beauty of having three stars, right? Uh, if one or even, God forbid, two of them don't perform to the level that they should, you have a third guy who's able to kind of carry the load and let them know, like, done this before you know what i mean so um this is going to be a competitive series i think it's going to come down to the wire the way i predict it is although the bucks are obviously the better team i think if the bulls can pull it together we can steal this in seven games now that's obviously just a biased bulls fan opinion if i'm being realistic it goes two games in milwaukee to milwaukee two games to chicago and chicago and the next two games go to the bucks right we lose four and two but if i'm being hopeful we pull it out in seven run all the way to the finals beat the suns you know championship season let's go <laughs> love you bro bucks and five. <laughs> come on man could I at least give us six bro bucks and five damn Damn, damn, damn. But with all that being said, we're going to have to agree to disagree on that one. You know, it's funny. The only time me and Ty basically don't agree on points is when it comes to our own teams. That's <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? For the most part, we're just, you know, hand in hand with our with our takes. But now, nah, man, we meant, you know, we basically touched on it. You have any closing thoughts on the Milwaukee Bucks Chicago Bulls matchup? 
Uh, no, nah, yeah, I like Bucks in five. Um, it's just it's too much. It's too much. They, I think they're the better defensive team and offensive team in the Bucks. Um, I don't see you guys, especially without Lonzo, getting past them. Yeah, realistically, this is not the Chicago Bulls marquee year to win the championship, but we've got some time. Uh, moving on to the 1-8 matchup in the Eastern Conference, and this is one that I honestly expected to be a very, very exciting one, you know? We know Trey Young, you know what I'm saying? We know the Heat. You have a very, very well-coached team versus a young phenom, or what we've come to expect, right? We're used to seeing him bye-bye to the buildings, shushing the crowd, shushing the haters, you know what I'm saying? None of that going on. None? <laughs> I know you were happy. I know you were happy. You know what I'm saying? Ty, you want to break it down for us, Miami versus Atlanta? Yeah, well, a couple thoughts um, before I get into that. I don't hate Trey Young like New York hates Trey Young. I think it's just more sport to to, to chant F. Trey Young at this point. Um, competitive rivalry. Yankee Stadium. Yeah, competitive rivalry. And, and Trey likes yeah. it. As much as he says he doesn't, he likes that. Mm-hmm. Um, but one, it was good to see Miami in that playoff mode again. Like when they made that run to the finals, they were in the bubble. We didn't get to see it in South Beach, but it was the iconic scene, FTX Arena, those iconic red chairs with the playoff white. I don't know what tradition that happened or why the white it started, hot. but they always, yeah, the white hot jerseys and they always wear all white. But like just seeing that, it just boom, flashback. I'm 13 again. LeBron just joined the Miami Heat with Bosch and Wade. And it's like, oh, it yeah. just brought me back. So that was cool to You're see. You're right. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's about the colors of the arena. I don't know if how they have the lighting. But it just like you yeah. mentioned it, bro. When playoff time comes around. And, and honestly, bro, even before the LeBron days, like I'd argue during Dwayne Wade's run with Did, Shaq, yeah. it was the same thing. It's, I guess, I think Miami is like a court like LA. And I think the Garden is like it as well, where those are the only three courts where the light is actually only on center court, and it's kind of dim towards the crowd and the fans. It's mostly noticeable in Staples Center, Miami, maybe not as much, but that could be an effect, you know, the lighting where, you mentioned it, bro, you got all the white shirts lining up all the chairs, you see the fans coming in, throwing on the yeah. tees, and you we're know? in middle school during that, like, that's, yeah. that's formative years for us, you know what I'm saying, so that's an imprint on our brains. Coming but, back as an adult real quick, bro, I'm thinking logistically, how the fuck did they get everybody's sizes right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think yeah. it's just that everyone getting a double XL. That's what you're doing. You can be 5'2 or 6'3. You're getting the same shirt. Good enough for me, shit. <laughs> That's my size. <laughs> Number two, this is how you know it's a bad night for Atlanta, okay? My boy Kevin Knox was the third highest scorer for the Atlanta <laughs> Hawks. That's how you know it's rough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He ain't wrong, bro. I stop. On to the basketball game. I mean, we talked about it on the playoff preview last podcast. Miami matches up well with teams that only have one star. They can focus and take out one player better than any other team in the association. And that's what they did, man. Trey only one for 12. One for 12? He hasn't played that bad since his rookie year. Zero for seven from three-point land. We've almost never seen Trey Young not make a three-pointer. You know, um, now you mentioned it. The Heat, they absolutely decimated Trey Young. They decimated his confidence. This young running gun uh, Hawks team was able to do everything other than that. And when I say that, I mean they were able to turn the ball over, miss <laughs> shots, not score. I mean, this Miami team locked them down. And if you look at the stat line, the only person who really jumps at you, it's not even Jimmy Butler, it's Duncan Robinson with those 27 points, right? Um, you look at the rest of it, it's like this was a defensive team effort, which is something that we've come to expect from this Miami Heat roster. 
I don't think there's many other teams, especially come playoff time. You got one, two, basically one through 15 is seeing game time. And it's not like it's a 30-point blowout. They only won by 16 or 14 points, you know? So Yeah, there was a stretch I think, where it was a little out of hand, but yeah. For sure, but you yeah. know what I'm trying to say. And I think that it speaks to the level of how well coached, how well, how much of a well-oiled machine this Miami Heat team is, Big facts. Man. You know? Big facts. Yeah. Because, again, no one person jumps out at you. You think Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler, those kind of cats would dominate the game. Bam, out of bio. But if you look at their stats... Jimmy, 21, 4, and 6, who had probably the best game out of everybody. P.J. Tucker, who we expect to never score the ball, got 16. But Bam Adebayo, 6 points, 5 assists, uh, 6 rebounds in 28 minutes. You know, again, they were blowing him out at one point in the game. So, you know, they got the starters out of there. But Kyle Lowry, 10 points, 9 assists are nice. But you get what I'm trying to say, man. You know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. And um, honestly, I, I think... Miami runs away with this. I I do. I I don't see. I think Trey's gonna play better, obviously. Um, but they're not gonna beat the Heat four times. It's just not gonna happen. So I think it's ended in five two. Okay, okay. This is the only thing that I'll say. Right. Although I'm in agreement with you, I can even see the Heat if they keep it up. Like if they stay on their game and they keep locking Trey down, they'll sweep them. You know what I mean? They'll sweep them. There's no problem. Very in possible. That. But at the same time, you got to understand, right? Let's talk about a year ago, and I don't mean to bring up the Knicks, you know, but the Knicks were in a similar position, not as similar, right? We don't, we didn't have the one versus eight matchup. We had the, what was it, the four versus five? Yeah. B- believe that's what it was. But the Knicks were the better team, honestly. Everyone thought that was the more mature team. I thought the Knicks were going to run away with it. You guys won game one, correct? No. Oh, never mind. That's the difference in this series. Whoever wins game one wins. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I think we picked up a game after going down 3-0. Um, oh, wow. Okay, got it, got it, got it. All right, never mind. We don't even need to bring yeah. that up. Okay, we don't even need to continue on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry <laughs> about that, brother. I didn't mean to make you relive that. But with all that being said, uh, you know, we mentioned Duncan Robinson. We mentioned Kyle Lowry. We mentioned Trey Young's dismal performance. Uh, let's see what happens, man. I see a sweep coming. Okay, okay. I like oh. it. So um, on to the next one. This was a thriller, man. And uh, I'm sorry for you, Nets fans, but we already know what happened. Jason Tatum layup at the buzzer, spoiling Brooklyn's second half comeback, and that's all she wrote. Celtics up 1-0 on Brooklyn. Barras, what'd you think? What'd you make of the Brooklyn versus Nets game one? I think that if these two teams kind of keep the same roster for years to come, we're gonna have one of the craziest playoff battles, like probably playoff rivalries in history. We're talking about, you know, similar to. The Knicks Bulls, the Knicks uh, Pacers, Pacers Bulls, like talking about those kind of rivalries. Then you know what I'm saying? Well, you're seeing them every single year. You know what I'm saying? So um, yeah, man, it was a crazy game. I think big shouts out to the Celtics young duo for being able to hold it down. Sure, the Nets almost came all the way back. Like you mentioned, the late game layup from Jason Tatum was what sealed the win. But this is not what we've come to see we've come used to seeing from Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown in the playoffs we've used to seeing them uh, perform at a high level throughout the regular season and kind of fold come playoff time right um it's the exact opposite of that you know these guys are in their fourth fifth um, maybe sixth year I don't want to add too much time onto their careers but I want to say fourth fifth year you know they're finally getting they've got that playoff experience they've got that regular season experience they've got the personal accolades and I think they really understand their place in the league you know and it showed now that doesn't come with a valiant effort from Kyrie Irving, right? Kyrie Irving, 
You know what I'm saying? Lift, getting rid of that home. I mean, again, they weren't at home. But basically allowing the brother to play was the best thing you could have done to the NBA. My man dropped 39 points in a tough loss. 23 points in support from Kevin Durant. Man, it was like you mentioned, it was a nail-biter. Came down to the wire. Yeah, and what a team win for Boston. I mean, they had four players score 20 or more. That's the epitome <clears throat> of team basketball. And it, it was shown on not one more play more apparent than the final possession that they win. It's like a pass, kick, 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 kick. And then you find Jason Tatum under the basket for a layup to finish at the buzzer. Like, <laughs> you, you can't write it up better than that. Um, couple of thoughts. I saw Gary tweet this out. Shouts out, Gary. You can't close out on Marcus Smart like that. Like, that's not Steph Curry. There's no reason yeah. that Claxton and Bruce Brown should be jumping five feet in the air trying to close out on him that hard. Like, they just left the rest of the defense in a bad place. Um, congratulations, yeah. Brooklyn. You embarrassed yourselves. Um, KD. <laughs> you played yourself. I don't know if he's taking the LeBron approach where he's completely unaggressive until uh, you get down 2-0 in a series, but... I don't understand why he only had 23 points and, and seemed okay with it. Like, you got outplayed. You just got outplayed. Yeah, um, confused me. I looked at the numbers. I'm like, Kyrie did what he had to do. There's no James Harden anymore, KD. What are you doing? 23 points. And again, 23 points from 300 other players in the league is very, very much acceptable for playoffs. But you're Kevin Durant, man. Yeah. You're supposed to be the greatest, one of the greatest scorers of all time. You're the Slim Reaper. You know what I mean? You got to show up in these games. You're honestly the leader. And Kyrie's pulling on. He's showing us Ramadan Kyrie is something scary. 39 on zero calories, bro. Like, come on. (laughs) Salam alaikum, (laughs) my brother. You represent him. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm watching this game, and I'm thinking to myself, Ben Simmons is supposed to come back game four, game five, reportedly. A Ben Simmons after a full year off and back spasm, how does he help this team? I don't think he's helping in this series. I'm not saying down the line he won't be a great asset. We know the defense, the playmaking. But in this series, playing eight, nine minutes a game, I don't think he's going to be a factor. To be honest with you, man, Ben Simmons kind of needs to get in from the beginning to be able to kind of make his difference. He's not a high-volume scorer. He's not a high-volume shooter. What, is he going to assist the game to a difference maker? Like, I mean, which very much is possible, you know? Uh, I think it is possible. And his defense is really going to be a game-changer, you know? That's going to be something that they can rely on. Who's he going to guard? That's a good question. That's a good question. I think he locks down Jason Tatum. Not locks him down, but that's who he guards. It's probably Jason Tatum. And I... and I think a fully healthy 50 games under his belt, Ben Simmons can do a good job. But Ben Simmons coming off of back spasms a year off, is he going to have the foot speed to, to keep up with a Jason Tatum that's feeling as confident as ever? A Jason Tatum so that's going to finish top five in the MVP voting? That guy? I don't know. It's hard for me to see that. I hear you. And this is the thing, right? The Nets have good problems you know what i'm saying you have a guy in ben simmons who's a multiple time all-star guy who can be a difference maker again he's coming off a poor season prior to not playing you know and the last time we saw him play was in the playoffs and that's basically what set the stage for where we are today you know was those playoffs and his lack of performance in those playoffs but the expectations are less now right he can do what ben simmons loves to do he can hold the he can um manage the team when i say manage the team he's basically the one controlling the floor you know, you have him running out, managing the ball, 
uh, Kyrie and KD. Again, it's not just spot-up shooters. I'm not saying that. But now they're going to get easier shots in the rhythm of the offense without being doubled the entire time. You know, it's hard to double people when you're running plays as opposed to just isolation. So I think he can make a difference. It just really depends on if Ben Simmons has one thing. And that one thing right here is heart. You know what I mean? Because we've known him to not have any of it. So we'll see. Yeah. And it's going to be interesting. Regardless, I want to see it. So uh, Ben wishing a speedy recovery. All right. Sorry. Next up, the number one seed in the West. The Phoenix Suns won game one, a wire-to-wire lead, and they take the 1-0 series lead over the New Orleans Pelicans. C.J. McCollum, 25 points, but CP3, 30, 10 on 12 of 16 from the field, really took over. 16 of his points came in the fourth quarter, money time, and uh, that was all she wrote. So, Faraz, what'd you make of game one? Man, CP3 just gets better with time, like a fine wine. You know what I'm saying? The man is just constantly evolving his game. Like at this point in his career, right, he's basically doing LeBron kind of things. You know what I'm saying? He's basically keeping up the numbers that he's kept up for a majority of his career. Not as much now as before, like in, in New Orleans, but like he, he has the numbers and he's winning basketball games, right? I think Chris Paul has found the perfect role for himself. But this Suns team after them was just taking care of business. You know, this Pelicans team, they snuck in through the play-in, you know, uh, eighth seed, right? Uh, young team, I think that it's great that they ended in the play-in based off where they were before the C.J. McCollum trade. Gives them a lot of stuff to look forward to for when Zion comes back next season. But, man, like, uh, it's just the Suns taking care of business. No surprises here. Just yeah, took care of them, no frills. Things, eh? <laughs> and, uh... You would think, right, you look at this box score, Jonas had another monster game, looked kind of like Vooch, 17 boards, like, that's beast stuff. Those are beastly numbers, but mm-hmm. that also resulted in the Pelicans having 25 offensive rebounds. 25 offensive rebounds. That's 25 extra possessions, and they still points, couldn't basically. score 100 points. They still couldn't score 100 points with all that. That's how you know the Suns were locking up, man. Jeez, 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 jeez. And and Brandon Ingram, CJ McCollum, you're going to have to be more efficient. You're going to need to get deep, deep in that Duffy and pull out 30-plus or the brooms are coming out. Yeah, and we're talking 30 on like 50% shooting. We're not talking 30 on 30% shooting. Now, y'all got (laughs) to actually keep the team in the game, like, you know? So, yeah, man, you said it. Um... But I don't think there's too much more that needs to be said about that series. I think we both kind of figure it'll end in four games for the most part. The Pelicans maybe, may, and that's just maybe if, you know, all things go wrong for the Suns, will the Pelicans steal a game, you know? Um, but yeah, moving on. One of the more exciting matchups in the Western Conference, right? We got the Golden State Warriors and the Mile High City Denver Nuggets, you know? Uh, Warriors win a big game one, 123-107. Ty, you want to get it into it for us? Yeah, and I heard this announcer say it during the game. I got to say it too. Splash Brothers bought a pool to the gym, baby. Splash Brothers <laughs> bought a pool to the gym. Okay, Jordan Poole, 30 piece. Let's go, okay? <laughs> hey! Yo, I thought that was hilarious. No, that's actually dummy hard. That's du- So what, Steph came off the bench then? Yeah, Through Steph the off the bench. Jordan said, I got this. My light skin brother, hold on. Jordan Poole said 30 for 30 
30 points in 30 minutes. You know what I'm saying? Nah, man. Honestly, shouts out to that young man. Jordan Poole has been hooping. He's been falling out of his damn mind. You know what I'm saying? All he needed was three seasons without Clay to get to where he's at. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, nah, man. Shouts out to the Warriors. Shouts out to the Denver Nuggets. Honestly, the Golden State Warriors, we expected them to pull this one out. We knew it was going to be competitive, especially given the season that Jokic just had. But, uh, yeah, man, it's I, just because they win game one doesn't mean it's going to be, a uh, you know, the rest of the same going on for the rest of the series. Yeah, and you love to see someone, some team, some collection of people reinvent themselves. Like, you look at Jay-Z, what he's been able to do to stay relevant from hard knock life to, like, the stuff he's putting out now, collabing with some of the young people, like, is reinventing yourself, changing the way you get to the same end result. And that's greatness. And that's what the Golden State Warriors are in the midst of doing. Um, we got a full exclusive on our YouTube talking about it. What we think we're gonna, what we think the Warriors will do this playoff season. We'll link that below on YouTube. And if you're listening to the podcast, go check us out on YouTube for that. But man, just look at the new death lineup. We remember the old one, the one that had KD, Trey Five, the Slim Reaper in that. But now look at this: Steph Curry, Jordan Poole, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green. Man, that's a nice, nice, nice lineup. There's a lot of offense there. There's a lot of versatility. They could switch one through five. I mean, you don't want Steph Garden centers, but yeah. it's a good, good lineup, man. It's it's very exciting to see how they've changed and are still great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you said it, man. And, that, and again, that's shades of the small ball. Again, KD used to make it look a little bit more, a little <laughs> less small, right? Because given that he's seven foot. But no, I mean, I think that war this Warriors team, is poised to make a deep run into the playoffs. You mentioned that the death lineup is as scary as ever. And to be quite frank, right, it doesn't even matter on the defensive end when you can outscore three to two every single time on the other end of the floor, right? Um, and, and that's with all that being said, that's without saying the level of impact Draymond Green has on the defensive end of the floor, even at an undersized 6'9", whether he's playing, defending a one or a five, you know? So this Warriors team, man, they're different. We all forgot about them. They're back. That's all we need to say, man. Let's just watch magic happen. Yeah, and I want to give a quick shout to Draymond because this is the Draymond they're going to need. Like we mentioned, that's a lot of offense, but for it to work, you got to play some defense. And Dre's providing that right now, 12-6-9 with three blocks. He was a team high plus 21 in the plus minus, so he's playing well. And on the other side, Denver, like, Jokic was good. He probably will be the MVP this year, but if you look past him, the number two option for Denver right now is Will Barton. You ain't making out the first round like that. <laughs> now, that's facts. Yeah, man. And, you know, again, to be in the league, you got to be a skilled player, all that good stuff. But let's be honest. It's playoff basketball, baby. You need your guys there. You need your Jamal Murrays and your Aaron Gordons. And you know what I'm saying? Like, you need those guys. So, yeah. Aaron Gordon's playing like a bum, by the way. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You ain't getting the best player from the Magic to go win a playoff series. That's that's not happening either. <laughs> yeah, no, but I mean, you know what I mean. He he can make an impact yeah. in the game. He's, he's capable, and he's going to need to. Um, yeah. It's going to take like a 40-point trip dub. Jokic, you're going to have to go beast mode um, yeah. if you want if you guys want to pull a game out. <laughs> not ain't serious, that frustrating, again, man? For real, man. Ain't that frustrating? You can't, you can't do 25 points, 6 assists, 10 rebounds, and get a win. It's yeah. tough. Real tough. It's tough. Real tough. All right. right. 
arguably one of the more exciting series in the entire NBA playoffs, one that I was excited to watch. We had a team that we know what they can do versus a team who were surprised to be where they're at today, the Philadelphia 76ers versus the Toronto Raptors tie. Give me your thoughts on that, man. It was a big game. Yeah, and Philly pulled out the first one, right? 131 to 111. Whole lot of points. A funny thing to me is before this series, Joel was talking to reporters, probably the Philadelphia beat writers, um, and they were asking him about how Toronto plays. Like, we kind of know Toronto for defense. Um, That's always been their staple. It's a Nick Nurse team. That's what we look to. And Joel said that the Raptors actually just play recklessly. They get a lot of credit for their defense, but they just do reckless triple teams and double teams, and he he knows how to prepare for them. And it looks like he was right because Joel didn't really try to force it that much. He willingly threw the ball, kicked it to the corner when a second man came, and it's because he knew he had some ballers with him. Facts. Tyrese Maxey, Toby Harris. Having the nights of their life. Yeah, man. We can't forget about James Harden. You know what I'm saying? Not the biggest scoring night of his night, but 22 and 14 with five rebounds. Now that, that my friends, that's what we've come to expect from James Harden. That's a fat stat line right there. Mm. Extra, extra chubby. <laughs> <laughs> just like James. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just rare that you would see Embiid shoot 5 of 15 from the floor. Harden shoot 6 for 17 from the floor. And the Sixers still win. Um, I certainly didn't think they could win like this. I didn't expect Toby to like turn the clock back and, and be able to play well again. Um, and I definitely didn't see this coming from Tyrese Max, the 38 in a playoff game. Sheesh. Uh, but Ty, the funny thing is, man, you're the one who gassed me up to tie like Tyrese Maxey. Like I remember when we first started the pod is when he got drafted. I'm like, all right, this kid. I remembered his name and I saw him. His first real game time with the Sixers was a time during COVID protocols where the whole roster was decimated. Right? He dropped like 40 points. Obviously, he was like one of the only guys on the team, but still to be able to do that, you know. Uh, yeah. So, man, yeah, shouts out, shouts out, and um. It's interesting because we both had some doubts about Philly in this series just because, you know, Toronto's hungry. They're scrappy. They're going to get physical. Um, but but how do you see this playing out, right? Obviously, Sixers got the 1-0 lead now. What do you see happening? I don't respect what the Raptors have done. I mean, like, I respect where they were and how they've gotten here, but I don't respect them to be a very strong contending team. You know, I don't think that Pascal Siakam is the real deal. I think we saw a lot of that in the last couple seasons from him. He's having a, a rebirth season, you know, but post-championship, he was supposed to take that next step. I was expecting Pascal Siakam to be a name that we know for a very long time, but basically he was a benefactor of the Kawhi chip. It's really the only reason why we know him. Now, again, he's come back. He's shown this season that he can be that number one guy, you know. But uh, I don't believe in the roster. I don't believe in the pieces that they have. Like, besides Scotty Barnes, who's going to have a bright future, and OG Ananobi, who's basically, and I, I don't mean to just call his name out, he's a solid starting 3 and D guy. When I say 3, I mean he plays yeah. the 3, he plays defense. That's what you're going to get from him. But I don't think Fred Van Vliet is built for the long haul. I don't think Pascal Siakam is built for the long haul. I think they're going to have good seasons here and there. I think they might have above-average moments, above-average seasons, but... I don't think they're all-stars for the long run, man. And let's hope that they prove me wrong. But this Sixers, this Sixers team has championship aspirations. This Raptors team is happy to just be here, you know? Yeah, I think you did a really good job of outlining that. And um, 
I think a lot of what you were saying about this, the Raptors is true, and that's why there's been so much speculation about Nick Nurse possibly leaving at the end of this season. Is because, like, they just gave a bag to Fred VanVleet. Like, they're going to give a bag if they're not already to Pascal. And Scotty is still a while away from being a, a true star in this league. So it's like the timeline doesn't really fit. So I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if I see Nick Nurse chasing another destination after this season because of the reasons you said and when it comes back to the series Sixers like you said it they're the top dog it's their series to lose and I don't see that happening barring a major major collapse so I got the Sixers and six yeah I actually have the Sixers and five but you know um you know shouts out to the Raptors regardless for proving everyone wrong and getting here in the first place you know facts facts yep 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 now one of the more arguments Arguably one of the more, I'd say maybe most exciting game of the night, right? The T-Wolves-Memphis Grizzlies matchup, man. Wow. Talk about entertainment, man. Am I right? Absolutely. And it started before the series even began because we saw Minnesota's route. We saw Pat Beverly, hate him or love him, the antics are there and well publicized. Um, And we knew that Memphis was going to match that energy. So we saw game one. We've seen it play out now. 130-117. T-Wolves take that uh, in Memphis. So Cat was good. 29 points. Ant-Man was great. 36. Fearless. Fearless. Fearless player right there. And um, yeah, what'd you think? When I tell you, man, the kid looks good, man. I told you he's built. He's built for the moment. He's built for this, man. We're going to be hearing about the Minnesota Timberwolves for a long time to come, and it's going to be for one reason and one reason only. That man, Anthony Anthony Edwards. And again, shouts out to Carl Anthony Towns. A great game. You know, Carl Anthony Towns has the potential to be a Hall of Famer. He does a lot of things that no one at seven foot has been able to do before. The way he shoots the ball, the way he handles it. Again, you know, he's had some down seasons. But they've got a serious core over there in uh, in Minnesota, and I think they're only going to get scarier as time goes on. I don't know if you remember what we were talking about in the last episode, how I told you this Memphis Grizzlies is a very weak two seed and how I think that anybody can come out and beat them just the way that they can go out and beat anybody, you know? Um, and we saw that in game one. You know, John Morant, regardless, he was dominant, not as dominant as we've known him to be. But the rest of the guys, you know what I'm saying, Aquaman, whoever – from that reel that we were filing through, right? They weren't up to par, you know? And that's something that I expected to happen come playoff time. Yeah, and Ja, Ja, I don't know if you saw this. He posted on Instagram. It was a clip from The Last Dance. It was Michael Jordan um, after he lost game one of a series and he's sitting by a locker, baseball bat in his hand. Just And one of his teammates, I think it was Ron Harper, was like, he doesn't, look at this motherfucker. He don't even care. And he was like, yeah, so what? We lost game one. They like to talk shit. They're up five. They're up ten. Let's see if they talk shit when it's zero zero. That's when you know if a motherfucker's tough. Yeah. <laughs> Can you talk yeah. shit when it's tied? Can you talk shit when you're down by five, ten points? It's easy to talk shit when you go up. So, oof, yo, yo, Jaws getting charged up. I wouldn't be surprised if you see him go for 35 game two. And we said it, man. Yeah. I did agree with you there on the last podcast when we were talking about uh, Memphis. Any given night, man, they could lose. They're young and they're inexperienced. So is Minnesota. I think Minnesota had a leg up. They looked more comfortable with the level of physicality allowed in a playoff game. And that's where it's that hidden benefit of playing in the playing tournament, right? You get more time to adjust to what is a different style of basketball. 
That's time Memphis didn't have. So I think that actually played a part in game one because it was that first quarter that really separated Minnesota from Memphis. Um, After that, it was pretty even in the the box score. So we're going to see, man. I still like Memphis in this series, but it's going to be chippy. I can't wait. It's going to be tough, man. And no, I think it's important to mention, right? So Carl Anthony Towns does have some playoff experience, right? Um, from when Jimmy Butler was there. Again, it wasn't a lot of it, but I mean, that team was poised to win games and they were a lot better than they realized. I think Cat now, he's arguably the leader. Uh, no, nah, not nah, He's the leader of that squad, right? He's the most accomplished. He's the most, he, he, he typically is the best player on the team besides Anthony Edwards the, this last season, right? But he's the leader. And Carl Anthony Towns is actually a great leader and he's actually a pretty smart guy like if you ever talk to him you know what i mean he knows how to basically get into the heads of his guys i think he's realizes some of the mistakes that happened the last time the minnesota timberwolves were in the playoffs and i think now that he's kind of at the helm of that squad i think he's done a great job to build their chemistry bro because if you look at it man this team they're, they're having fun together you know they are and how do you feel about pat bev and his uh his whole his whole ordeal out there so we didn't mention that but honestly bro as much as Pat Bev really is out there just running around, I, I agree wholeheartedly. He has everybody fooled. You know, he does play defense sometimes. But his experience, his energy, Carl Anthony Towns at the end of the day, I just mentioned how he's a pretty smart guy. He can get his team into this. But he's kind of soft. You know what I mean? And now you have this guy, Pat Bev, you know what I'm saying, who's the exact opposite of soft, right? He might be annoying, but the guy is not soft. So I think that's very good move that they've done out there especially the way he can get the guys around him and what he's done to fire up anthony edwards i think anthony edwards finally understands like i think he he got it but he knows what it means to be a dog to be a killer in this league and pat bev is helping him to show the way you know yeah Um, the unlikeliest of teachers (laughs) yeah talk about very different in in all aspects physical mental um that's cat and and patrick beverly but I, I do think this Minnesota team does have some holes. Um, they Minnesota shot 50% from the field. That's not going to happen. Pat Beverly was as good on offense as he is on defense. That's not going to happen. 16 points, that's not going to happen every other game. Um, True. Carl Towns, at, at least two, three times a game, thinks he's Joe Gitchum will no look one hand, try to whip to the corner, and that doesn't end up well most of the time. True. I, Memphis is going to figure this out, in my opinion. Um it's going to be interesting. One one other interesting thing that happened, this is now the second Minnesota postseason game that we've seen a protest on. Uh, the first game was the plan. We saw a girl from uh, one of the animal organizations try to super glue her hand to the basketball court. You saw that, right? Yeah, yeah I saw that. That's, it was okay. so stupid. And, and now, in game one, there was another, I think it was a separate girl, who knows, uh, but she actually, she's she's bought tickets. So this is expensive already, right? Because you're buying tickets to these playoff games. <laughs> but that's not it. She she kind of acts like she works on the court as one of like the scrubbers. You know what I'm saying? She's got something covering what is like a metal chain around her neck. And she locks it with like a little locksmith lock to the stanchion. So she is now by the neck chained to the basketball hoop. Right, and no one really notices because she has something like a scarf covering it, and she pulls it off. And I was like, "Whoa, why is there late? <laughs> why is this lady chained to the basketball?" <laughs> it's crazy, man. It's, I can't it's crazy. say what I really want to say. 
Did you? I actually read into this story because I was like, "What? What is going on?" So I don't know if you heard, but I'll break it down for our listeners. So, the owner of the Minnesota Tim, Timberwolves, I think it's Glenn Davis or something. Glenn, Glenn something. Glenn Davis is big baby, not him, but Glenn something. <laughs> uh, he owns an egg farm, and obviously, eggs. You got chickens. There is a some sort of big bird flu that's killing all the birds. It's getting a bunch of people sick. So, how they fix it is they pretty much just kill off all the chickens. Right, you kill off all the chickens so you don't get people sick. Right, you, you could say, hey, you, why don't you just let them go in the wild? But th- you're still taking a risk because what happens if you let those chickens go? Someone is like, hey, I can make a lick. Let me just sell these chickens, <laughs> and then you you're back to square one. Okay, now you're still getting people sick. So these animal activists, uh, whatever you want to call them, took it into their own hands. They decided to protest, and this is their best way. How some super glue and a and a nice chain. Uh, so I, I don't know. I don't know. Hey, I guess it's working, right? Like we're, we're talking about it, so it's working to at least a little it. degree. You are talking yeah. about it. And I know every single time the playoffs start, or I guess every single time a playoff game starts, I know the owners in his office, like, Lord knows what they're going to do this time. <laughs> See what they got for me, you know? Facts. You know, Facts. Something about white women in chains, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that's what I wanted to say the whole time. I couldn't help it. <laughs> oh, let it rock, bro. Let it fly. F it. That's why we're the CEOs. Nah, I mean, Facts. We ain't getting no one firing us. That's for sure. That All is right. for sure. Uh, no, nah, man. I'm with you, though. I'm ahead, with you, though. Uh, real quick, though, um, just to kind of wrap up my thoughts on Memphis. You know, I shouted out the T-Wolves, and I basically talked only about them. I think the Grizzlies, honestly, to get to the second seed... They have they have chemistry. They they know what they're doing right. Um, I don't think that this, the the T wolves are gonna blow them out by any mean. But I th- my point to say all that was to say I think that the Timberwolves can kind of steal a series from the Grizzlies. Um, but in the same breath, the Grizzlies can also go win four straight. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I know John Morant, like you mentioned, he posted the Michael Jordan video, so he's ready. He's ready. Yeah, it's on the table. So, guys, uh, I'm going to actually have to interrupt Ty here, right? So, the last series on board here is the Denver-Utah series, right? But, like, excuse me, the uh, Dallas-Utah series, right? But let's be real. You look at this Dallas team without Luka Doncic. Looks like a college college ball team. It was a real boring game. Then you had the Utah Jazz. I mean, Rudy Gobert, fun, uh, cough, cough, ha-ha, you know? Not any fun there. We're just going to spoil it. The Jazz won, which we, which we expected, uh, do you know when Luca will be back or when he's projected to be back, if at all, this playoffs? I think he, he's probably going to come back at some point. But I, I say, hey, we, we do these every week. If they're still playing next week, <laughs> we'll talk about them then. We'll put some more respect on their name. But with all that being said, if you're a fan in Utah, congrats because you just want a playoff basketball game. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, and this might be yeah. the last one because I think Donovan Mitchell should and will leave after this offseason. So <laughs> that's our update. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So ruining your Easter times, your Easter vibes. Um, but yeah, man, with that being said, you know, that basically wraps up this action-packed playoff episode, playoff especial for the hoop plug. You know what I mean? Ty mentioned earlier it's episode number 63 in the books. I just want to give a special shout-out to the fans, man. Y'all got us all the way here four years in the making. Well, three years and change, you know. Four years in the making. You know what I'm saying? So, shouts out to y'all. Don't forget to follow us on all our social medias. Ty has been killing it. Absolutely distri- smashing it, may I say. In the video aspect. YouTube, Instagram, Reels, wherever you go. TikTok, man. So, 
you already know. Tiny closing thoughts, bro. Nah, yeah, just remember to tell a friend to tell a friend. Check out the podcast, check out the YouTube, TikTok, all that. For us. I don't know where we put that flavor. Put some flavor in here. Peace.